Is Echo the start of a new direction for Marvel TV? We answer that question and more this week on Only Stupid Answers. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Only Stupid Answers. This is the show where we answer your questions about movies, TV shows, comic books, Echoes, uh, Golden Globes, <laughs> and more. I'm your host, DJ Wooldridge. With me, as always, is Roxy Stryer. How you doing, Roxy? Unbelievable, DJ. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Let's good energy Incredible. to start. Incredible. Yeah. Now, truthfully, never been better. Uh, so excited all, to be here. All good over here. All perfect angel <laughs> child. How about you, DJ? Doing, How you doing? Doing a okay. Uh, doing okie dokie. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so as I uh, so cleverly implied at the start of the episode today, we are talking about Echo, the new Marvel show on Disney Plus. Uh, plus, some Golden Globes and some other uh, news, movie news. But before we get into that, a little bit of business. Uh, as always, if you want to watch the show live, if you want to check out our Patreon exclusive shows like What We're Into or Spider-Versity, you can do that over at patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers. If you give us a five-star review on iTunes, we'll give you a firm thank you. Uh, we really appreciate that, and that's very helpful. And if you listen on Spotify every week, we ask a question. Last week's question was... What were your favorite movies? Nope, I didn't. I didn't change it. The question was, "What is your favorite uh, DCEU movies?" Uh, and the answers were: Yeshu Wazalewski said, "Man of Steel, probably." Uh, it feels the least tainted by Snyder Bros. And Raisa Marie says, "Favorite would have to be Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn." And I find those two answers interesting, Roxy, because inevitably, whenever I post, you know, I'm on Letterboxd. Whenever I post my DC EU ranking because you rank movies on Letterboxd. I inevitably inevitably get versions of these two comments, which are they both start with "I've lost all respect for you because," and it's either "I've lost all respect for you because Man of Steel is not your number one," or "I've lost all respect for you because you've ranked Birds of Prey too high." Mm. And to those people, I say you're wrong. It's, that's interesting. Correct. <laughs> Also, well, it's my I, list. I can rank them however I want. <laughs> I don't think it's incorrect that they've lost respect for you. They, they're they allowed to. stupid. <laughs> uh, you know, I I think that the first comment was kind of interesting, not to you, the one that was written, uh, because Man of Steel isn't tainted by Snyder, bros. Yeah. I don't feel that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You'd think the least would be, the least tainted would be like The Suicide Squad. Right. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like. The Man of Steel, I feel like the Snyder Bros are still on about. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about that one. Yeah. Um, it's also my least favorite DCU movie. It's not my least, but it is definitely right in the middle of the road. Because uh, it does have one of my... It, it, ha- it has a moment that I kept... The, at the end of Zod, how it ends with Zod. It's just one of those, I kept hoping we'd like escape the gravitational pull of that. Like that, it was such a, it put me in such a down mood leaving the movie, but I kept, I, you know, I wanted like so many DC fans, I wanted this to happen. So I was like, okay, we'll let it slide, man. Maybe Batman v Superman will like write the ship. And then it's like, okay, all right, we're still struggling here. Um, but, it, but also the Jonathan Kent stuff, there's not, there's things to not, 
like about that movie. Yeah, it's not fair of me because there are worse DCU movies. Like, yeah. there's definitely worse DCU movies. But I will never get over the dog. I'll never get over that that's what it was. <laughs> um, that will never be my Superman. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Like, just watching that moment, they lost me on the entire universe. Yeah. That that's how, that that's how he lets him go is, like just beyond idiotic and upsetting to me yeah it's it's wild it's wild i, I try the whole point is that there's even if you're superman there's nothing you can do about it mm -hmm. the point is not you're superman and there's everything you could do about it but you're not mm -hmm. because anonymity yeah like, exactly that that killed me i mean i just am never ever okay with that iteration and also and i know the people hate on me for that but it to this day it drives me effing insane. Uh, I I agree. I agree. Also, I'm an animal lover. I have a dog that I love very much. It's a dog, man. No, between your dad and a dog, like fucking, what are we doing? What's happening? What are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, what are we doing? Also, out my identity. I don't give an f. That's my mother effing dad, and I'm going to save his life because I can, because I am Superman. Yeah, and also we just care. Yeah, we've established how. Whatever. We don't need to relitigate Man of Steel. You and I are on the same page. Also, it's I think so annoying to me, DJ. I can't ever move on. And I think, uh, and I think uh, you and I are also on the same page. Of man, I don't know why Birds of Prey gets so much heat. It's like good. It's like a really entertaining movie. <laughs> so fun, so fun. Even just like the way that it's shot and looks in the costumes, but also the actual script is really fun. Yeah, it's a it's a fun movie. I like it quite a bit, uh, yeah. which is why I rank it so high on my thing because it's good. It's one of the few. There's like four. DC movies that I can like, yeah, these are good movies. I can recommend them to people. DCEU movies. There's more DC movies than that, but the four DC, anyway, whatever. Okay, wait. So, Birds of Prey, Suicide Squad. Do you not want Suicide Squad? Do you want my ranking? I'll give it to you. I'm guessing it's Birds of Prey, The Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, and Shazam. All right, here. Top four, I feel confident about these. The Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Birds of Prey. Aquaman, Birds of Prey. Okay, yeah. so Shazam is not in your top four. Not my top four. After that, after that, these next two enjoy, you know, but they have some flaws, but I enjoy them. Blue Beetle and Shazam. Now we're getting into now, you know, at this point, after this point, it's kind of a wash. It's kind of, you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, after this, my next one is Justice League, the 2017 Justice League, because it has moments. It, it, Did it, you rank 2017 Justice League and Snyder Justice League differently? Zack Snyder's Justice League is my least favorite DCEU movie. It's the bottom of my list. I hate okay, that movie. Is it your least favorite because you like it the least or is it your least favorite because everything? Um, I both. I like it the least and also everything else. And as we talked about with the Flash, when we talk about the Flash, can you separate it from all the other things? Your mileage may vary. I have trouble doing it. But also, and I said this, I did a little TikTok about Justice League. If I'm going to watch a movie that's not good, I would rather be two hours than four hours. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so for me, bottom of the list. But those, my top, those are my top. We don't need to go through the rest of them. But that's after, after Justice League, it's Batman v Superman because I do like it more than Man of Steel. Then Man of Steel. Then Wonder Woman 1984. Aquaman 2. Flash. Black Adam. Shazam 2. Suicide Squad. Snyder Cut. And that's it. 
it's a it's a surprising like you know it's it's i like it, waiting for more and that's all that's, that's literally all the movies which yeah. always surprises me it's like wow all that that's it <laughs> all right what's your number one marvel i so i split them up like if you follow somebody like hector on letterboxd they have them all together that feels overwhelming to me so i have it split up on infinity saga and multiverse saga so my favorite in the infinity saga civil war because to me that's like the sweet spot of like we've got everybody but it's a little bit more folk you know what i mean i i and similar to like you know why is wonder woman 2 on my dcu list I think there's there's you could argue Wonder Woman's definitely more important than the Suicide Squad. Uh, you could argue that it's better than the Suicide Squad, but this is my list. And of even though I love Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad's more me. It's like yeah, that's that's me. Um, so similar with Civil War, like Black Panther, uh, you could argue it is the best MCU movie. It's definitely more important than the other MCU movies. It's definitely more important than Civil War. But I think I, Civil War to me, I enjoy more. And to me is is also I think Civil War is so effing good. Yeah, I like Civil War a lot, and I think it's the best example of what the MCU does well, which is like, hey, here's all our people. Here's all. It's not as like for me, Infinity War. I know a lot of people like it more than me. It's it's a little too bloated, and I like Endgame a lot. Anyway, Civil War is that sweet spot. What about for you? What do you know? What's your like off the top of your head? Your favorite MCU movie? It might be Endgame. Endgame's real good. I mean. We waited for that for a long time. <laughs> long time. And I think the other and and like um I, I think one of the one of the things I like when I talk about like Endgame and Infinity War, it's just Endgame's what I wanted. You know, I want I want Cap and Iron Man to kiss and make up. I want that yeah. you know what I mean? I want that it's a little bit more focused. It's just more it's not necessarily better than Infinity War. It's just more of what I like and want. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, at some point I did a whole ranking of them somewhere. I'm, I was just looking at my phone to see if I could find it. Um, I think I, we did it on World Girls, but I think it was before even, I don't know, during which movie had come out or hadn't yet. But when I, I my list always changes and I tell the people this all the time. There's like 35 movies or something. Yeah, I mean, there's it's crazy. a crazy amount of movies. So depending on my rewatches, what I've seen most recently, how they age with me or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Endgame's the one that like stands out. There's just so many powerful moments in it. But then it, again, it just like kind of depends on my mood on which movie, like it's not like Endgame's my favorite to rewatch all the time standalone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like oftentimes I'll throw it back to phase one. So to your point, so, like I told you, I split my MCU list into Infinity Saga and Multiverse Saga. Infinity Saga has 23 films. Uh, Multiverse Saga, which includes, I include the shows. And this is not, this is, does include Echo yet because they haven't put it on Letterboxd. Multiverse Saga is 20 projects. So that's yeah, 40, 21 with Echo. So that's 44 MCU things. I asked the other day to Steph on the world girls. I'm curious what your answer to this DJ is. What is your favorite Disney plus show? Um, and or easily. That's what she said. Yeah. And or okay, what's your favorite Disney plus Marvel show? Um, she Hulk. I think that's mine too. Yeah. I like she Hulk a lot. Um, I, I think it's the, of the shows other than maybe what if, uh, it feels the most like a show. We'll talk about it more once we get into Echo, but a lot of the a lot of the Marvel shows feel like a few different shows spliced together, or you know what I mean. Like She Hulk, it feels like 
a show you'd see on uh, CBS or something. Like it is a workplace comedy that just happens to star a superhero. And I and think she's so good and fun. And every little cameo works towards her, like Daredevil's not in the show just to be in the show. He is part of her love interest journey yeah. and her actually finding like a good guy that like, whether they end up together or not, it's the idea of like, Oh, a guy like this exists for you. Yeah, so it's yeah, not yeah. just, it's not just, uh, you don't have to do what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's, so it's not just a cameo for a cameo sake. It actually plays to her arc. Like, and also, uh, that type of meta stuff, it felt like somebody written, it felt like a show written by somebody like me. That's able to be like, Hey, I love this shit, but isn't this kind of stupid? Isn't this kind of stupid? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you we're on the same page. I, yes, uh, totally. I'm on yeah. So, and uh, the ending is so great. And, uh, people hated that but i thought it was awesome do you know dj let's see how well you know me you have to think you really have to think about this one okay do you know what my favorite disney plus show is it's it's almost an unfair question because of what the answer is so i'm gonna think it's one that i don't associate with disney plus oh is it gonna be game changers is it gonna be mighty ducks did you see season two though Yes, okay. I loved Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Is it coming back or is it is it just no, the two it seasons? Was canceled after season two, which is so sad. That show is awesome. I feel bad because obviously I'm not the demographic for this, but I know like Percy Jackson fans, you know, apparently they didn't like the movies and they were excited for yeah. the show, but I've heard like nothing about this show that that I assume Disney spent a lot of money on. Yeah, and so I, I just think about when you bring up game changers is like what what are we what are these um, outlets doing to get eyes on their shows, you know? Yeah, I know it's like the Disney Plus one is so weird because more so than any other platform by far, they are a franchise platform. Yeah, like they, when I think Disney Plus, immediately you think two things, right? Yeah. You think Star Wars and you think Marvel. Yep, that's where the Star Wars and Marvel shows are. But that's cr- crazy town usa that can't just be what the whole platform of shows is um especially when i don't happen to think that those shows happen to be that amazing yeah um and also like what about the kids Mm -hmm. what about the children totally you think like you think about content that would be on disney channel think about it's it's interesting uh, and I think that's, I wonder if that's part of the reason why Netflix still has the market, market dominance that it does is because that is a platform where people will just kind of dick around to see if there's something they want to watch. And I don't mm-hmm. know if people think of Disney Plus the same. Like, I'll just click around and see if there's something I want to watch. Completely. Apple's starting to do that for me, too. But you're so right. On Netflix, regardless of, you know, I made my top 10 list this year with you. Mm-hmm. And for TV... I didn't, it's the first year in years, there's not one Netflix show on my top 10 shows of the year, Yeah, which is kind of wild because I watched at least 40 Netflix shows. It's the one I watched the most content on. And yet come January, uh, the top of January this year, I'm like, oh, I don't know what I want to watch. There's no new shows that have come out yet. What do I do? I open Netflix. It's always my number one go-to stumbled upon this show called Louder Milk. Have you heard about this? I have, but I can't. So it was just oh, randomly. Yeah. I haven't watched it, but I've, I've heard of it. It was randomly in my recommended. We could talk more about it if we want and um, what we're into. I'm not done with it yet, so that's why I haven't brought it up. But yeah. I saw it and I was like, I like Ron Livingston. 
the the word louder milk is weird. Let me just mm-hmm. click on this. I don't know one person who's seen this show. Nobody's ever recommended this to me. Yeah. I just Netflix is my let me stumble upon it. And I binged through season one in one day. I'm on season two right now. Season three dropped this year. Yeah. I'm gonna be done with this next week. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's like that's never once gonna happen to me on Disney Plus. There's no world in which I open up the app and I'm like, mm, this one. Yeah. Yeah, same with so so I think for me like you know Disney Plus I go to to watch specific shows um, uh, like Marvel shows or Star Wars shows like you're talking about uh, Max I I pretty much solely go to for HBO content uh, if there's a new like the new season of True Detective I'm going to HBO to check that shit out um, it's almost never like oh let's see what's on unless I'm looking for a movie I'm like let's who what's who's got what movie in their catalog this week kind of a thing you know. Um, but like, as far as new shows, yeah, it's just a question of like, how do, like, I, I guess I stumbled across Scavenger's Reign because I was watching something else on Max. I don't know. I feel like the, the other, um, streaming platforms could do a better job of directing people to some of their new content, especially if you have something like, you know, Mighty Ducks Game Changers that would appeal to a certain audience if they know it exists. Yep. I'm looking at Kayla Marie who says, I think that Netflix has the best user interface. The other platforms have terrible user interface. LOL. Um, That's what UI is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I so, so, so agree with you, Kayla Marie. I've been talking about this for years. It is baffling to me how absolutely confusingly complicated some of these platforms are to find the show you're already looking for. Yeah. Like, all of the effing time on Hulu, all of the time. I am currently watching a show Mm -hmm. and it will bring me to Hulu and I will scroll to find that show that I'm currently watching and it's nowhere on my page. And I'm like, the fuck? So I have to type in the name of the show in the search bar. That's crazy town USA. And they have a previously watched or recommended and it's never in there. Don't even get me started on Peacock or Paramount Plus, how poorly I think that they're organized. Yeah. The the by far and away best one is Netflix. It's like what you are currently watching, what we recommend for you, top 10 shows in the US, top 10 movies in the US, top comedies, top stand-up specials, top this. And I'm just like, okay, I know exactly where to go for exactly what I'm looking for. Why didn't everybody just steal this yeah I think I, netflix does it great the my I, and i don't know you know i i watch stuff on my tv i have a roku tv so i don't know if maybe it's a roku thing every single app every single one of them and in fact i think netflix is the buggiest by far it crashes on me all the time <clears throat> um they all have weird fucking hiccups uh that i don't and they and they're constantly changing and i will say when i go on netflix and again this might be like a roku tv thing there have been times i've gone on that like my watch it just doesn't exist just not there. You, know what, you want to know what's so crazy, DJ? Downstairs, I have a, a Roku. In my room, I have an Apple. Yeah. And my Roku all the time fucks up my Netflix. Yeah. And it's one, it, it, 100% of the time, it glitches in the middle and takes a really long time to load. Yeah. And I, I don't know what's up with that. And I, I really like the Roku TV, actually, but that happens so often on my apps there and my apple tv doesn't do that yeah and so and it's the and it's a tricky and it's a good you have a you have a good um situation in that 
it doesn't do it here. It does do it here. Like for me, like this is my one thing. So it's like, is this an right. internet issue? Is it a TV issue? Is it an app issue? Who am I mad about that? I can't watch the fucking show that I'm trying. You know what I mean? What is, yeah. um, and I do anyway. have one big issue with Apple TV though, which one is big issue. They do this thing that is so fucking annoying DJ mm-hmm. where when you finish a episode of whatever you're watching, it puts you on another episode of a different show immediately, which is fine, but okay. So then you exit out of that. But Apple TV has your queue lined up for you at the bottom of what you're currently watching so that it will just pop up for the next week. So like if it sees that I'm watching The Bachelor, when there's a new episode of The Bachelor, it will go there. So all all the episodes that it puts you onto it puts those down there. <laughs> and it's like, I didn't choose to watch that. Yes. That's not in my queue. You made me watch that. Yeah. Get out of here. And you you can hold it down and say like, get out of my thing. Yeah. My queue. But when you hold it down, it freezes the app. And it's like, so then I've just decided to keep them there. But I'm like, I don't want to watch Celebrity Family Feud right now. I didn't put that here. You guys made me do Dancing with the Stars down here. I didn't choose that life. Here's the way it feels to me. It feels like, you know, we've been lured into this culture that was built to us. I'm talking about streaming. I'm talking about like even Googling things, just like looking stuff up. And then all these companies decided, you know what? We're not making enough money. And so they've like slashed their IT. Everything, Everything that was convenient, like even just five years ago, is now a huge pain in the ass for reasons that I can't. Like I was having, a, I was having, a, I was working on something in Microsoft Office, and I was having trouble figuring it out. And I used to be able to just Google, like, "Hey, this is my problem." It's it's full of like fucking sponsored shit. Like I can't just find the answer. Like Google's not useless, but it's getting there. Twitter's functionally useless. All these apps are like buggy and like the fact that like you could use it on one app platform and it works fine on another platform and it doesn't. And it's just like, I'm so frustrated all the time and I just want these things to, I'm, I just want these things I'm spending money on to work and I feel like it's gotten worse and maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me, but it's, it's, you know, I don't, uh, I don't like the way things are run on that, on that note. I thought I had a good transition into this thing, but I don't think I do. Go Wait, to DJ. I was gonna ask yeah, you. Go to. Give, I would have set you up because I needed to know what the gunplay update was. Go to. It's this. It's go to gunplaymovie.com. Click our pre-launch page. We gave the whole spiel last week, but maybe you didn't listen to last week. Uh, Roxanne are making a movie. You need a reminder. DJ, yes. people need reminders on this. Remind stuff. them. This is something that I have found, DJ. Yeah. If I post on Insta Story one gunplay thing and say, click on this, go to the um, page and click notify me at launch. Yeah, you're doing great, by then, the way. Then there will be 20 people that click on the link. Yeah. If I post it a second time right after that, yeah. literally 30 seconds after that, and say, did you do it? Click on this thing. 40 people will do it. Yeah. And it's like everyone's mind works like that. You're clicking through, clicking through, clicking through. And and that's why we need to remind them, DJ. We need to tell them here. We need to tell Mike and Leonard and Kayla and all of our people. We can't stop telling them. We must keep telling them. they got to go do it. Have you done it? I don't know. Let us know. Please, Roxy, speaking truth, 
to you. Go to uh, uh, gunplaymovie.com. Go to the pre-launch page. Click notify me on launch. These numbers are kind of helping me dictate. This is this is this project's um, so much bigger than anything I've ever attempted before. So these numbers help me know uh, gauge audience interest. Let me know what the campaign can do, and it also does you the favor of letting you know when it launches because we're going to have some launch exclusives that you're not going to want to miss. This is a crime thriller. Written and directed by me, starring Roxy Stryer and a bunch of other cool people like Steve Zaragoza, uh, Bree Estrick, Whitney Moore, and many more. Um, if you want to know, be notified right when it launches so you can support a movie that you're going to love. You're going to love it. You're going to want to go to GunplayMovie.com. And I'll remind you again at the end of the episode. Because they need reminders. They need the it. reminders. I just thought, I, f- I remember when I was thinking about the episode, like, you know what my perfect segue is going to be is this. And then I couldn't remember what it was. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But what we do have a perfect segue for that now we're past, but I'll go back to is we were talking about the apps and we got a big announcement this week because the show that was on the apps ain't going to be on the apps no more. Why well, it will be eventually, uh, almost inevitably, but Disney announced a Mandalorian and Grogu movie. I'm going to hope that that's not actually the name of the movie, but you know, whatever, uh, the man, and this is the the press release we got. The Mandalorian and Grogu are embarking on a new adventure to movie theaters. Directed by John Favreau and produced by Favreau, Kathleen Kennedy, and Dave Filoni, this new chapter in the Mandalorian and Grogu's journey will go into production in 2024. That's this year, everybody. Quote, I have loved telling stories set in rich world in the rich world George Lucas created. The prospect of bringing the Mandalorian and his apprentice Grogu to the big stream, screen is extremely exciting, John Favreau shared. Kathleen Kennedy, president of Lucasfilm, added John Favreau and Dave Filoni have ushered in, uh, have ushered into Star Wars two new and beloved characters, and this new story is perfect. Uh, is a perfect fit for the big screen. So uh, DJ, this is joining not, the other Star Wars movies they're doing. Not you first, me first on this Please. one. DJ? Yeah. I know you're not the target audience for this. What are you talking about? DJ? Yeah. I know this didn't get your juices flowing. Uh-huh. DJ, I know you saw this and you rolled your eyes at least four what times. What are you talking when, about? When I saw this, my first thought was, ooh, DJ's going to have a field day with this mm-hmm. one. Okay. But- this yeah. is for me. Yeah. This is for me. They're doing this for me. Like specifically me. I can't help it 
I'm a sucker for this. Yeah. When I think about my, when we talk about our favorite Disney plus shows, sometimes Mandalorian has done some wandering. So it, it, I don't know if it's necessarily my number one Star Wars show or not, but the Mando Grogu stuff, I eat it up. Give me a spoon. I'll have every bite. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like this is a an adventure movie. I love the two of theirs dynamic. There's so many different directions we can go in this. Uh, and I want to see Grogu evolve more, their relationship evolve more. I don't. I don't expect this to be everyone's favorite Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. but I do think if we can just go in and be like, this will be a fun time, then I'm going to live for it. Yeah. I hope it's fun. I hope it doesn't take itself too seriously. I hope that they go on a journey and we love the adventure and it's kind of a full circle. I hope you don't have to have seen the show to watch the movie. Yeah. I hope that you this can bring in audiences to the show that are don't usually watch the TV shows, but they just are like, oh, I like Mando, and I really like him with Grogu, um, and that's a cute little kid he's got there. I am stoked on this, and I think it's a great thing to do to to bring more people to Disney Plus because I think it will do that. But also, just for the fans that have been loving their dynamic, why not? So, do you think this re- reflects? Um, kind of a reevaluation. Of, why a movie instead of season four? Uh, does this does this reflect maybe a reevaluation of um, what Disney's doing with Star Wars? By the way, in this announcement, they did say we're getting an Ahsoka season two. Um, I didn't see Ahsoka season one. How crazy is that, DJ? Yeah, so I'm not going to spoil it, but I mean, you got to do with the way it ends. It's like, well, that didn't do anything. You got to do a season two. <laughs> um, um, but, 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 but that is crazy, Roxy. That is that is crazy. But at least here's the thing, though. And you you did watch Andor, right? Yeah. Okay. So here I've talked to multiple people that I was like, you gotta watch Andor, and they're like, I don't know, I didn't like Ahsoka, and I'm like, that's the point. Don't, if you're gonna watch the bad ones, you gotta watch the good one. Watch the good one. If you're gonna watch the bad ones, do yourself a favor and watch the good I remember, one. Remember, I thought Andor was fine. I know, but at least you watched it. Is my point. I did. Um. I did. Um. Anyway. Do, but do I think you, that means that I might have better time with Ahsoka than other people did. And 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 Ahsoka's fine. There, and there's a couple episodes in the middle that I actually really enjoyed. Uh, I just don't I, like a lot of Disney Plus shows. I don't think it like went anywhere. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like a show. I don't. It doesn't. Most Disney Plus shows. And we're gonna get into this with Echo. It doesn't feel like somebody went to the studio with like, here's my vision for this show. You know what I mean? Um. um anyway, uh, the question was. Do you think this reflects kind of a not just a reevaluation of Star Wars, but I feel like studios um, are reevaluating this whole streaming thing. And part of that, this kind of feels like a reflection of that, that it's like, well, maybe we'll make more money if we put it in theaters first. Do you think the intention for this movie is theaters? It is. It'll be theatrically released. Let me see. Yeah. Okay. Because that yeah, would perfect be, for the big screen. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect for the big screen. Okay. Um, I don't know the answer to that, DJ. It's so challenging right now, and I've I've been talking about this with Christian Harloff a lot. What should go on streaming and what should go to the theaters? Yeah. Because I, I feel of a couple minds about this. I love the movie theaters. I love the movie theater going experience. As Margot Robbie said during the Golden Globes, which we will speak about, but she said, 
thank you to everybody who did the the greatest thing on earth go to the movies Mm -hmm. like and i love the movies like you dj you know i grew up loving the movies going to the theater nothing beats that experience for me of i i do i go all out i spend when i go to the movies i'm like okay i've got at least 20 dollars of snacks in me Mm -hmm. i'm getting popcorn i'm getting sour patch kids i might be getting cookie dough ball bites i'm definitely getting my ice that i'm eating on the side i eat it like chips i love that it makes everything better i have my rituals at the movie i sit on the aisle as you know I love being able to see out of the corner of my eye everybody's reactions to the movie. Yeah. I love hearing the sound of laughter. I I love hearing screams and jump scares. The point of this is I'm not alone in this. Mm-hmm. If I if I'm saying this and you're sitting there thinking, "Me too, me too." There's a lot of us who still love this. I don't want the movie going experience to die. Yeah. I want things to do well in theaters. That being said, a lot of movies are really struggling to make their money back right now. I was devastated to hear something like a Joyride did not do well in theaters or anyone but you did not do well in theaters. Yeah. I don't want this to just be a place where only tent poles can perform. Yeah. It's fucked up that we can't, we're never going to get another rom-com again on the big screen. Like that's just crazy. It's only going to be fast and the furious mission impossible marvel dc harry potter star wars that's it like yeah. lord of the rings those are all we get that that's crazy i want uh maybe a, the occasional animated pixar movie i love indie movies there i love seeing um everywhere everything everywhere all at once yeah. i love seeing all the a24 movies in there i love uh, seeing horror movies there luckily the horror movies are still performing so they will mm-hmm. but all of this to say long rant short I think that every company is reassessing right now what they're doing where. And for for Disney specifically, they need to be making money on their franchise properties. And I don't know that Mandalorian has made them any money so far because where it is on Disney Plus, I don't know that it's bringing in the people. So in order for them to make money on that franchise, I think they kind of have to do a movie. And that might be the case for a lot of different things. Like I I feel more confident that Obi-Wan brought in viewership to Disney Plus because of the star power and people maybe going to visit than a Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know that that's true. Somebody could probably check the numbers on that. Um, It could just be locked away in a black box. Maybe there's no way to know. Somebody knows. Somebody knows. I would just think that people weren't signing up for Disney Plus for Mando. Yeah. But they might if it's in theaters first. Yeah. Uh, the way that people already loved the character of Obi-Wan, and then that might get them to go over there, right? So yeah. I do think that they're reassessing their strategy. I think Disney Plus is struggling right now to find its footing, and Disney wants the streaming service to work. They need the streaming service to work because they have to have their own platform. There's no world in which Disney doesn't have a platform. I know they also have Hulu, yeah. but I mean a platform for their major tent poles. Absolutely. And so now they're trying to restructure. How do we get eyes and ears here? And this is one possible strategy. I don't know that it will work, but I think it has a shot. Yeah, I, I think all that makes a lot of sense. And I think uh, just on a Mandalorian level, I think this makes sense uh, for a couple reasons. One, I don't know with each season of Mandalorian if there's been enough meat on them bones to uh, support a season of TV uh, movie. Perfect. That's perfect. Uh, second, uh, we'll probably be able to get Pedro Pascal's face in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, scheduling wise, budget wise, you'll probably be able to do it. Um, 
and uh, and people do have um, a lot. Yeah, I, I think this is I think this is a good choice for a variety of reasons. I don't want to. What am I going to say here? I was going to say I don't want streaming. I don't want them to abandon streaming. But I also like you. Like you were just saying, I like movies. I like going to movies. Um, but but similar to you, I don't I don't want it to just be these big uh, tent poles. Kayla Marie says we all made going to see Oppenheimer and Barbie a whole event. You know, I think theaters need to evolve somehow to capture that energy for other movies. Um, yeah, it's it, um, stuff is changing, and uh, and I don't know about uh, the streaming of it all. I th- I think one of the things I'm reacting to is I've seen a lot of people be like, "Streaming's a mistake. We should have never gone to streaming." Da 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 da. And it's like, well, yeah. You remember when you had to like pay a bunch of money for cable and then they ran ads and you had like 2,000 channels but you could never find anything you wanted to watch? I don't think the problem is streaming. I think the problem is they're turning streaming into cable and they're not uh, – and it's the execs siphoning money uh, from it for their yachts and not paying their performers and shit like that. I think streaming as a concept, I like. <laughs> I like over over linear TV – um uh but how I, many yachts can you be on at the same time that is a question that i need somebody to answer yeah me. also dj i don't like the fact that i'm being snack shamed right now i yeah you are kind of being snack shamed in the in the chat people are I'm, are listen 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 i want to be perfectly clear about something i live in los angeles california if i buy a water mm-hmm. one candy and a popcorn that's 20 dollars right yeah. there do not come at me for snack shaming purposes. I also want to say I'm spoiled enough that I don't pay for a lot of these movies because we're screening them. Mm-hmm. So I do allocate $20 yeah. for my snacks. Do not snack shame my, me. This makes me happy. Yeah. I like to have a tea. I like to have my popcorn and I like to have candy. Variety is the spice of life. This is very important to me. I will not take any more follow-up questions at this time. Here's my other thing, by the way, to your argument of wanting to see stuff in theaters. I I went to a screening of Mean Girls and I was grabbing some food before the screening and so I had to sit down and wait for my meal and you know I I'm a people watcher so I'm like watching people and I'm able to see over somebody sitting at a table and they've got their laptop open and they're watching a K drama at one and a half speed I'm like yeah, why yeah. is it moving like this oh they've got it like at one and a half speed why would you watch anything this way and it's like that's the guy it's the beauty of theater you get to sit there and it's like no here's the movie <laughs> pay attention to the movie it's actually a really good point though dj because even if it's not at the one and a half speed i there is very rarely ever anymore where i'm watching a movie at home and i don't get a call during it a text during it that i'm responding to yeah in the movie theater yeah. something horrible could happen at home i don't know yeah. i am not checking my phone during mm-hmm. the movie Unless it is the world's worst movie, I will check the time once to yeah. be like, how, how long? Are we <laughs> almost out of here? Yeah. But that is the extent of it. Like, I do not, uh, I, we see sometimes in screenings, somebody will get up and then they'll go take a call or something. And I get it. You're a parent or whatever. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. But come hell or high water, I do not do that during screenings. I do not text. I do not call. I do. There's no nothing. Uh, and that's cool. Because yes. then I get to just see the art for two hours. That's my my jam. Which I like. Um, Leonard Kim, before we end on this talk on streaming, on streaming says, I think the Hulu roll up is huge for Disney. And uh, I'm just going to be candid. I'm a little worried about that because right now I love Hulu because it's where I get to watch all my Justified. What's the Hulu roll up? Uh, Disney's sucking up Hulu, so it's all going to be on the one Disney Plus app. 
and I just have a, I just, when? I don't, sometime this year, I think, I don't remember the specifics, but I just have trouble imagining all of my favorite FX shows living on Disney Plus. And so it's like, I don't, I kind of like that they're separate personally. <laughs> and it's like separate branding. Like I know like, ooh, the adult stuff's on Hulu. Like Leonard Kenny is on. the. La I need to watch last season of Leonard Kenny. That's on Hulu. Is that going to be on Disney Plus? I fucking doubt it. I fucking doubt it. My choice has already happened. And but some, no, it hasn't. I still have my two separate apps. Me too. Uh, um, I know in other parts of the world, it's the same thing. But here's the, here's the thing. Everybody, whenever I bring up this concern, everybody's like, well, in Australia, it's already one app. And I'm like, but here's the difference though. Australia's not fucking America, right? We were founded by Puritans. Okay. We're not going to have some of that shit on their Disney family app. It's not, you know what I mean? So. Um, I Wait, just, so who has its own tab on Disney plus says Mike, does that mean right now I don't need to be paying for Hulu and Disney plus? I don't know, Roxy. I don't, I don't know. We'll have to look into it and get back, back. We'll have to get back to you guys at home. But before we do, just real briefly, we're running a little long already, but Golden Globes happened. Whether you like it or not, uh, I thought we were done with the Globes. I guess we're not. Roxy, you watched enough of it. What were your thoughts on the Golden Globes? It's it's a bummer because I don't like shredding comedians when they bomb. Yeah. Joe Coy bombed. That's what happened. Yeah. And does that mean that he's not a great comedian? No, it doesn't mean that. I don't know his work very well. Here's mm -hmm. what I do know. All of the stand-ups that I love, love him. Okay. So he's well-respected in the stand-up community. Like um, uh, my friend Tehran, Mark Ellis said positive things about him. Winston Marshall said great things about him. Like it, there's people have really gone to bat for him. And they just, every great comedian at some point bombs and unfortunately he bombed on this stage yeah and he had less than two weeks to prepare for this i think it's a tough job and um like michael chase said I, they might be better getting a magician in the future like <laughs> i don't know that comedians should even be doing this anymore yeah uh he that being said there was he did a couple things where you don't do as a stand-up yeah. you don't throw the writers under the bus consistently and not take you know, not pivot and not do your own thing. That's crazy. Especially coming off of a writer's strike. <laughs> yeah, that's just crazy. You don't go say you've watched all the movies, but then from Barbie, what you take away is it's a movie about boobies. Mm -hmm. Like, it just was so not great. But, you know, that happens to people. Some of the speeches were really nice. Um, I love Io. I think she is a true, true stud. And um, I think that she was awesome in the bear i think she's awesome in bottoms i think she's having a killer year killer couple years it was hysterical to hear her be the only person ever that i can think of that thanked her manager and agent's assistants <laughs> go on with your bad self queen no and yeah there was a couple other funny moments your ghost being obsessed with bruce springsteen like me i thought was an amazing amazing moment loved that there was a moment beforehand where Brie Larson completely fangirled over J-Lo. Yeah. Thought that was really endearing, too. People hate Brie Larson. I think that's nuts. Yeah. I think she's awesome. And it's moments like this. I think she just really appreciates being in the industry. And I love that for anybody because, as you and I know, DJ, it's just so hard. <laughs> so anybody who appreciates where they are, yeah. I have more respect for. Uh, and, yeah, some of the winners were the right choices. And Kieran Culkin was really funny. Pedro suck it moment. Mm -hmm. Funny. 
overall a little bit lackluster, but you know, these days, if somebody's not slapping somebody in the face, we're going to call it lackluster. Yeah, we're going to call it, and we'll, we'll call it a win. Um, yeah, I'm looking over the list of winners here. We don't really have time to go through them all, but it's like, yeah, all these are great. We got, you know, uh, Christopher Nolan, Lily Gladstone, uh, 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 Ali Wong, because uh, Golden Globes do both movies and TV. The only one, Divine Joy Randolph, she's great. I didn't see uh, the holdovers, but she's great. I'm glad she got an award. Elizabeth Debicki. Um, Sarah Snook. Uh, I don't know. You know, I know Golden Globes have their awards kind of demarcated out in a weird way. They found a way to give the award to multiple uh, dudes from Succession, but I like both Matthew McFadden and Kieran Culkin, so I'm not going to complain. I, they th- and I mm-hmm. thought they both did great work, so I don't know how that gets divided up, but good for them. Um, uh, yeah, so this all looks good to me. The one, the one thing as I scroll through this list, the one that I would, I would have a nit to pick, is in best. Is it best comedy? Yeah, here we go. Best motion picture musical comedy. Poor things got it over Barbie, and I don't agree with that personally. Uh, although, what was it that Barbie won for? Because they were on stage most, with Greta. It was most money. It, they had they uh, introduced a new award this year of like, what's your favorite blockbuster? What's your favorite movie that made the most money? And it's like, well, fuck off, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> they made the most money. That was their award. I will say though, just so, so it's not entirely poor things slander because I liked it fine. Emma Stone winning for her performance in that movie is deserved because she's really good in it. Um, I haven't seen it. And it's, I love Yorgos. Yeah, she she's really she's really great in it. So there you go. Uh, it doesn't Is it sound only like, out in theaters. Yes, for now, for now. Um, so so it sounds like I didn't miss much as far as the Globes went. But now, everybody, we're going to be talking about. A not Golden Globe nominated show, Echo, over on Disney Plus. This is the new Marvel uh, TV show that follows Alakwa Cox's Maya Lopez, who we've last seen in the Hawkeye show. It also includes Vincent D'Onofrio returning as Wilson Fisk. The summary is thus Maya Lopez must face her past, reconnect with her Native American roots, and embrace the meaning of family and community if she ever hopes to move forward. So we'll start spoiler-free. Roxy, what are your spoiler-free thoughts on this show? To quote the children these days, it was super mid. Okay. Uh, I thought this show was really lackluster. I think that if we didn't need to talk about it, I probably would have bailed. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the most negative person in the room because I know people are liking this show a lot. I, I think that... You know, something weird that uh, affected my viewing of this show is that I had just binged Reservation Dogs, which Mm -hmm. I absolutely loved and loved the way that they showed the relationships with ancestors. Yeah. And it's something that we don't see often on TV. And I didn't think Echo did as good of a job with it, um, even remotely, like the the connection and like the way that they would show it. Yeah. it made me also question like what is actually going on here and spoiler free, but they made some choices with ancestor stuff that I was like, wait, what in this universe, mm-hmm. what's happening? Yeah. Um, I also, I also thought that there were some moments that were like a little that I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. I'm rooting for you or you, 
Um, and there were some moments where I was like, I do like this. So it's not like the whole time I was miserable. There's definitely some cool fight sequences yeah. that I enjoyed. I like Maya and I think that actress is really good. Yeah. So that was cool. And yeah, overall I was just like, I guess this is another one of the shows. And it's unfortunate because I feel like that's kind of where the Marvel Disney plus brand has landed. It's like, Hey, here's another show. And it's like, well, but did, you know, did somebody have like a clear vision for it? Did you know why you were making this show? Cause that's, that's one of the issues. I, I enjoyed the show. I enjoyed it more than secret invasion. And I can't remember the last Marvel Disney plush. Oh, Loki season two. I probably enjoyed it more than that too. Um, but it does feel, uh, I would use the term aimless. Um, I think a good example is um, they, they don't have it uh, until like the first episode, but the opening credit sequence is set to a song by the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs called Burning that I think is actually a really good song. Yeah. But the way the intro cuts it together feels really haphazard like it feels really like wonky um and i don't know if it's because i like the song and i listen to the song and it's like wait that's not but it feels like it's like yeah we like the idea of it but we're gonna chop it up to fit what we're doing but it doesn't work it the, the song doesn't work that way and it that was kind of my overall vibe of the show like there's a show here that works and you've cut it together in a way that it kind of doesn't work um, specifically, I think that's most noticeable in the first episode, which the first like 20 minutes feels like a clip show. Like, Hey, here's Maya as a kid, by the way. And then here's Maya's relation with Kingpin, by the way. And then also here's some stuff that it's funny. Cause this guy has the Marvel spotlight banner of like, Hey, you don't need to have watched other things before watching this except Hawkeye and probably Daredevil, at least season one. And it's like, well, don't get that the fuck out of here then. Because like you spend a good chunk of the first episode recapping what happened in Hawkeye that's not a standalone story. And um, and I don't know, obviously I don't know the production of Echo and I don't know what went into it, but it, but it feels like, to me, it feels like a couple things. It feels like, from what we understand, there was a time where they, you know, Disney just wanted all the content it could get. And so they're like, who do we, who do we have? Let's give everybody, we have Echo, let's do an Echo show. Um, and nobody stopped to think of like, what would an Echo show look like? What would it, what story would it try to tell where, you know and what I mean? Why? Yeah. And why, like what, what is the purpose of us doing this in the greater, because you are attached to the greater world. Like what I think she Hulk did a great job with of doing is being like, actually we don't want to be that like this world is the world we're in, but we are our own thing. Yeah. This show was like, this world's the world we're in and we're in it. We're in it. Yeah. And, and it's like, okay, but why? And I think that comes to me that that speaks to the disconnect there. I think you're absolutely right. I think if if they were able to be like, yeah, we're part of the MCU, but that kind of doesn't matter. This is the story we're telling. But it, it doesn't. I don't really. I never really got the sense of they knew what story they were telling, and so they're kind of beholden to the greater MCU at all. But they're not. And so there's just this disconnect. And I think it's a disconnect. And I think that's why you and I, you know, we're talking earlier why we respond to She Hulk. And I know a lot of people like to like uh, dislike that show, but it had a to me it had a real sense of identity. I know independent mm -hmm. of the larger universe, this is basically what you're just saying. Independent of the larger universe, we know what story we're telling. Mm -hmm. I didn't get that impression with this, um, and it and and I think it's a little bit tricky that they probably do this with a lot of Marvel properties, but 
they have more material to pull from. So they're able to be like, well, this comic story, this comic story. Echo doesn't really have that. I don't know that she, did she ever have her own standalone run? Probably like any, some miniseries. But she's mostly been a supporting character in Daredevil and Avengers. And so there's not as much material there. All that said, there's definitely merit in doing this, you know, the uh, more indigenous representation, more deaf representation. It's definitely a setting and a character and stuff like that that Marvel has not tackled. But it, it just felt like a a uh, corporate mandate that unfortunately a bunch of really talented people were forced to like, I guess this is what this is, uh, as opposed to be able to do their own thing, tell their own story, use it as a jumping off point. Um yeah, I think that's a good point too, though, DJ. I mean, it is cool. We are seeing significantly more sign language yeah. in television and movies. Um, this show does something that I haven't seen a comic book show do yet, which you're right, showing indigenous people as well as the deaf community uh, and requiring the audience member to really watch it, right? Yeah. Because now we're in their world and you need to be um, reading. Yeah. You can't be doing other things, right? So that that was cool. I also think that Fisk is just maybe the best villain. for. Like, I think that Fisk, when he is on screen, I am scared. Yeah. He, Vincent D'Onofrio does such a good, he's so good. Uh, this is, it's awesome to see him. And I, I know some people think it's like over the top for me. He is what a comic book villain should be, which is this over this this presence, this strength, this like, oh, my God, what the f- is going to happen next? I don't know where he's going. And you can't predict his reactions, Yeah, which I do really like him as a villain. I think he's really, really great villain. Yeah, I uh, agree. So seeing more of him was one of my favorite parts of the show because I'm like, OK, I- I'm glued to him. I got to know what his reaction to this is going to be. I mean, it's, I think why, why this show somewhat works is Mm -hmm. a lot in part to him. I, uh, I, yeah, I think he's really great and it's good seeing more of him. And I look forward to seeing even more of him. Um, save that for spoilers, put a pin in that a couple discord questions before we move to spoilers. Jake Hafner is the content worth them a rating. And I'm going to be honest, Jake, I forgot that it was rated MA until you asked that question. So I guess no. <laughs> huh. I mean, what age would you say this could be for, DJ? Uh, it's definitely not as brutal as the Netflix shows. For sure not. For sure not. But listen, man, I don't know. I, the rating system's such bullshit because uh, Monica and I have been going back and watching Miyazaki movies. And I remember uh, loving Princess Mononoke, but I haven't seen it in years. And it's like PG-13, and there's a character shooting people's heads off with arrows and shit. And it's like, I'm so sorry, what's happening? That's This is PG-13? So I don't know. Um, I doesn't feel It doesn't feel any more um, violent than anything in uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Hmm. I would say it feels a, a not, I would say that's a good comparison. Yeah. Um, Kraka please asks, how do you feel about all the episodes dropping at once versus weekly or daily? Like what if, is this Disney plus just trying to figure out what strategy works best or maybe something else? I think that the best shot they had at getting people to watch this was it dropping at once. Yeah. Uh, because specifically for this property, not for all their properties, but 
I don't know if it wasn't all available and if it wasn't January where a lot else is out that I would even have watched this whole thing. Uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. I feel like this is them kind of dumping the show. Uh, it, it doesn't feel like they were hugely confident about it. And I do think, and, and it made me um, wonder if maybe something like Secret Invasion, if it had dropped all at once, maybe that would have been a better experience. And now that I'm saying this out loud, maybe that benefits Netflix, that it's it's easier to down trash you know, like if you don't have a week, like having a week in between like Game of Thrones episode is like, oh my gosh, you have to unpack all this stuff. But it's basically, if it's basically just filler, which unfortunately a lot of these shows are dropping it all at once, it's like, all right, good enough, fine. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Uh, for a great show, I really stand by the drop two or three episodes at first, then go weekly. Yeah. That's what I think works best. Get me in, invested, and then go weekly. But for a mid show, dropping it all at once is fine. Yeah. So let's do spoilers. Um, spoilers, everybody. If you haven't seen Echo yet, uh, t- turn away. Um, I think for me, the best episode easily is episode four, the second to last episode. Because not only do we get Maya um, confronting her relationship with Kingpin, and it's the most king- Kingpin-centric episode. And like you, Roxy, I think Vincent Onofrio does a great job in the role. I think some of the stuff they did in Netflix's Daredevil um, didn't quite work for me. Um, but I definitely think this guy stands far above most MCU villains. I will say the poor indignities this character has faced since entering the MCU. He's gotten his ass beat by a teenager. He went on some sort of like spirit flashback thing. And I could just see Kingpin on the plane like, man, fuck. A couple years ago, I didn't have to deal with any of this shit. I was just fighting some street level guys. And it was nice and chill. And now I've got magic to deal with. Um, but DJ, yeah, I have a question for you. Yes. When when you say we're going into spoilers right now, no, right now, what do you feel like is the spoiler uh, other than the end of credits? Like, how would you spoil this show? Uh, what I, happened? I would spoil it by saying I would. One of the spoilers I would say is if you've read the comics, you know that Maya does not have powers. She does not have abilities. I think currently in the comics she is, possesses the Phoenix Force, but that is a recent development. And as a fan of street-level heroes, I'm kind of tired of the MCU's seeming disdain for telling those stories. We've given Moon Knight powers. We've given Shang-Chi powers. We've given Echo powers. And it's like, can't they just be people? Like, can't, like, like we can't, like, one of the most successful superheroes ever is Batman. And he doesn't shoot magic lasers out of his fingers. Like, I don't understand why i don't know if there's some marvel exec that just loathes the idea of somebody not having an ability um i i don't know what the i'll tell you the way it feels it feels like a very cynical um studio note of them trying to chase that black panther magic like everybody loved the way we did wakanda everybody needs a wakanda if they're not white they need a wakanda um, so that's why Shang-Chi has a mystical realm with a dragon in it. Uh, you know, uh, that's why, um, uh, Echo has, I, I love the idea of her dealing with uh, her relationship to her ancestors. I don't know why they're giving her special powers. Um, and, and I, and I do not, I do not know the specifics of how they were made. So it could very well be 
you know, people from these communities that want this part of their struggle, of their culture represented. Um, that is not the way it comes across to me. It very much feels like, um, just like if it's a non-white character, it's like, yeah, look at these magical non-white people. And it's like, they don't, they can just be people that live lives and do and can kick ass real good. It doesn't need to be to, in my opinion, it doesn't need to be magic. There's characters, for example, they just made in what if they introduced Kahori, who's an indigenous woman also played by Devery Jacobs, who is in this show, who's connected to the cosmic cube and has magical powers. Uh, she is a new character of that show. So it's, there's no precedent, but it works. It's a, that episode is one of the best episodes of season two. Um, uh, and I don't know I, I don't understand why we need to shoehorn in something like that into Echo. Um, PJ, that's what you would say is the biggest spoiler? Um, what, I, what I really am looking for is what happened in this show. Uh, you know, for the Echo stands out there, I think that that's one of our questions. Mike Joyce, after watching Echo, Echo what do you think the purpose of, uh, what, whew, what do you think was the purpose of it? Did anything um, happen? Yeah, yeah, I just mean not even purpose plot. Like, I don't feel like it's interesting because Leonard Kimmon here was saying that he wished it was longer. Yeah. He said, I think Echo was a really good show that could have been awesome if it was longer. And I felt like we were tr trying so hard to get to five episodes. Yeah. Like, well, and I, I think like, at one point it was supposed to be six. I was actually surprised to learn that it was five. I thought I'd heard it was six. So I th guess they chopped down more. Um, and I, just, I, I don't mean this in a, in a rude way to the show. I just genuinely want to know like what happened in this show. Well, Echo and did not become the queen pin. Like she was, which I actually thought was a really good motivation that they kind of dropped pretty early in the show. Um, and Kingpin decided he wanted to become mayor Roxy. That's, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Other than the one minute post credit scene. I, yeah, I don't disagree. I will say that's actually been Marvel's bread and butter for a while where the only the only the only meaningful plot point one of the only meaningful plot points in Far From Home is the post credit scene where Spider-Man's identity is revealed. Do you know what I mean? So I think I think this problem and I think this is true of a lot of the criticisms of Marvel MCU's phases four and five. These are actually issues that have existed for a long time. Um, but their yeah, characters were not as familiar with. We didn't have that issue. Um, you know, there's actually stuff happening in Falcon and Winter Soldier. In Loki, I'm not exactly sure what it's leading to, but it did have a plot that is supposedly leading to something. Like, there's changes from... It's an arc. It's a yeah. story arc. It, I'm trying to... Not really in She-Hulk, except for the fact that I don't put... that. Maybe that's why She-Hulk's my favorite. It's a comedy. Yeah. So it didn't really need that. It, need, it was more like a sitcom almost. Um it, what what is this one well i think from that point i think and i think that's some of the 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 if you're looking at greater connection to the mcu which i i think the mcu's has trained its audience too well to do that and, and these shows should be allowed to exist on their own but it is maya starts the season wanting to replace kingpin and at the end she de she decides that's not the world she's a part of she doesn't belong to the kingpin she belongs to this indigenous community she's going to stay with this community and leave behind her criminal past that's an arc you know what i mean it has nothing to do with the wider mcu it's kind and kind of I, an arc and, and the it, beginning 
she's not kingpin and at the end she's not kingpin yeah but her goal is to become her goal is to become the kingpin and what she learns is to accept her and listen i'm not saying it's it's um uh elegantly done and i think that that speaks to my issues with the show that it lacks identity in that sense um but um i don't know that it's a problem that's unique to this show like what's the arc of secret invasion like the scrolls are invading and now they're not okay (laughs) yeah um i mean there's some like major deaths in that one and stuff but but again so that's that's more mcu connected and so that i think that comes to a question of like how i think that's something that marvel needs to figure out how How did this show move the plot forward of the mcu i'm saying because but is that a responsibility of these shows i don't think it's a responsibility of the shows unless the show is taking that on as a responsibility which i feel like this show did okay this show said we are very interconnected. But, opposed- but it has that Marvel Spotlight banner, which is supposed to say, actually, it's not that interconnected. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that came on quick. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I don't know, but that's not what it's saying to me. I mean, they're saying we've got uh, Daredevil. We've got Kingpin. Yeah. This it is going to matter to um, uh, Fisk's future. It's saying it's connected. And we've seen Echo elsewhere as well. Yeah. So then what is, I, I, you're right. It's not specific to the show, but this is the only one there's a, there's a problem. And I don't want to harp too long, too negatively on this show because it isn't a this show thing. I just don't love that there was no forward momentum for the MCU. And while there's an emotional arc for Maya, there's no actual arc plot wise for Maya. Yeah. So starts not being something and she ends not being something. And the only thing that changes is her mind, her perspective on it. I actually think there's a lot of value in that, but, but um, this is not me disagreeing with you. I think the issue is, I think the, uh, again, the show could have used what it feels like is I'm, I'm watching a show that went one way and then they went back and they recut the shit out of it to work another way and so now it doesn't really work either way it doesn't it okay. doesn't work if you're saying if you're saying um i actually think saying Maya's i think Maya's emotional arc matters but if that's what you're doing then that's what the show should be about more and and like and there's a lot of characters we're introduced to so like the guy that runs the roller rink is that her dad's brother i don't know Maya's relationship to this person prior to them meeting but they know each other but I don't know what that is. That's a problem. If my if if my investment's supposed to be Maya and her emotional journey, I should under who is Biscuits, I think is the character's name. That actor's great. He was really good. Who is Biscuits to Maya? He's not in the flashbacks. I don't know. I don't know the relationship prior to this moment. The one that worked. And I and I'll and I'll be honest with you, I think a lot of the actors kind of struggled with not Maya, obviously, but a lot of the non-deaf actors struggled creating drama around signing except chula her grandma there's a scene in episode four between maya and chula that i think is the best scene in the entire show and that actress does a really good job we needed more i understand maya's relationship to chula i understand why chula why there's there's conflict there and i'm invested in that a normal show would have said okay we need to you need to understand who these supporting characters are. You need to understand who they are to Maya. You need to understand who Maya is and who she, what she wants so that when we get to the end, when those relationships change, it means something. And I think this show mm-hmm. exists in this weird middle space where, and I think most Marvel shows do. Wait, is that what we're doing? Or are we telling another chapter in the MCU? 
And I think most of these shows would do a good job of just fuck. And I think that's what you and I are saying we liked about She-Hulk. Forget the MCU. It's a tool if you have an opportunity to like, hey, we can bring Devil, Daredevil in here to tell more of our story. But that doesn't matter. We're not, this isn't chapter 14 of the MCU. This is chapter one of Echo. Or this is chapter one of She-Hulk. Or this is whatever. Forget all that shit. Um, and, and I think this struggles with because so this is not this is not me disagreeing with you um no i hear you yeah. i hear you completely i also speaking of the positives i love the actress that played bonnie i think she's really yeah. good deborah jacobs yeah she again she plays uh, no no the one who plays bonnie bonnie's um, yeah that's that's De the, oh Debra, how, what did you call i it? think it's deborah jacobs yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Good, good, I thought that said Betty something. No, no, no. Yeah, De Devery Jacobs, who um, was also yeah, in Res Dogs. Dogs. Yeah. I think she's super effing good. Yeah. And I liked the flashback. I liked the, their relationship, too. I thought that was more interesting. Yeah, one way or the other. Like, if we're going to make this an emotional journey, and this is, like, all about one girl's decision to change her mind about something, then I wanted it to be solely and fully on her your relationships yeah and let's just focus on that you can't start with and i guess they do but like you can't within the first 20 minutes have to be like by the way here's her relationship with kingpin here's a relationship with daredevil that can't be what your show is right. that can be in there and i and i wonder if there's an edit of this show because the first like 20 minutes is so previously on the mcu i wonder if there was a version of this where we start with her back in Oklahoma. And as we unfurl that story, we flash back to, by the way, this thing she's doing now is like that time she fought daredevil. You know what I mean? Like here, because that's how you would normally structure a show like this. Yes. Uh, and I think it just comes back to, I think, um, they Marvel is confused on how to make, they don't, it, it seems to me they don't know how to make TV shows because the one, the times it has worked, like really worked is, um, in those reports that leaked about the MCU, um, Jessica Gao, who show ran, she Hulk was the only one invited back to do ed the editing in post. And so maybe that's why it feels more like a TV show. And I think what if, because it's animated and you can't just like wing it on the day for an animated show, you have to have a plan ahead of time. Um, mm -hmm. And those are the only ones that felt like, Oh yeah, this is a TV show. You know what I mean? This is something yeah. that you can like, and, and I think they, especially uh, they really need to dial it in with daredevil because we have three seasons of that show i know i know you know so people have something to it's not like echo we have something to compare it to yeah that's a good point point. and it can't be like point. this <laughs> you know i'm noticing that my feedback on this show is kind of all over the place and that's because the show didn't work for me and i would also say that the show is kind of all over the place unfortunately as much as i am rooting for it um i think that's a yeah. very valid i i think the show is all over the place and it's and it's a bummer um but not the worst show that they've done and not horrific. And like, I didn't, I didn't finish it and feel like, Oh, that was the biggest waste of my time. It just didn't fully work. And therefore I didn't love it. Yeah. And don't even know how to put my finger on exactly the areas that it just wasn't working for me. Yep. So those are, Oh, and before we go last thing, Leonard Kim moving forward, where do you think echoes place is in the MC in the MCU will be Avengers, Thunderbolts, antagonist to spider-man or daredevil and i'm gonna be honest with you leonard i think there's a few mcu characters they've introduced on these disney plus shows and unfortunately i think echo is one of them that i wouldn't be surprised if we never saw them again yeah i was thinking that too dj but uh, 
I guess more importantly, maybe not more importantly, where what's happening with Fisk now? Where are we going to see this? I'm assuming the Daredevil, the, Daredevil. the new Daredevil show. Which was supposed to be this year, but now it's going to be next year. I, get, uh, I, I will feel lucky if we get it next year because I think they're like reshooting the whole thing. Okay. I they I think I hope that the lessons they've learned from this is okay. We're making TV, so we need to do we need to get people in here that know how to make TV. We need a showrunner. Um, I think you could do I unlike some people, I do think Daredevil Netflix had its flaws. I don't think it was perfect, but you could do worse than pulling one of the showrunners from one of those seasons <laughs> and say, hey, what you you know what you did. Do it again and bring back fucking Foggy and Karen. I don't know why we're not doing that, especially since this show. Are we not doing that? No. Uh, and especially since Echo went out of its way to reference plot points from, like the. Why are we not doing that, DJ? How do you know that? Uh, just there's been no no announcement. There's both actors have been like there's no involvement, and I mean so like maybe a post credit scene, but it, there, you That's could weird. you couldn't be filming a whole show and have not people have have pe- supporting cast members be secret. You know, that's super weird. Yeah, and and I and okay. I want, and I think there's this like, um, you know, that classic like studio exec thing. Like, no, it's my show now. We can't have the old show. And it's like, well, fucking get over that, man. Because you're. I think with Echo, they just announced that like the the Netflix shows do fit in continuity. Um, obviously, again, Echo references Kingpin references parts of his backstory story specifically from daredevil which is a little tricky because i don't know how echo fits into that equation uh because he's known echo a lot longer than when that show was on the air but whatever (sighs) mike joyce says i thought it was reported that foggy and karen get killed that would be a fucking mistake (laughs) unless unless those actors are unwilling to come back uh that would be a mistake uh before we go roxy where can the people find you? Everywhere at Roxy Stryer. You can find me at DJ Talks Trash. Please, 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 once again, go to gunplaymovie.com. Click that uh, notify me on launch. It'll be super helpful and stay tuned. That should be that can, campaign should be launching very soon. And you're going to want to be there on day one. You can find me at DJ Talks Trash. And you can find the show everywhere that matters at Only Stupid Answers, but on Twitter slash X. Yank out the vowels from stupid. And we will see you all next time.